Praise God. Well, welcome once again. For the last few weeks, I've been talking about making the best out of lockdown, right? About us devoting ourselves, perhaps in deeper ways, into prayer. About us getting involved in evangelism in, in, in as many ways as we can, certainly with our families. That's what I've been doing. And about loving our family through lockdown. Do you know in China there was a 12% increase in divorce because people got shut into a house together. So please, remember those three principles. But this week we've been praying at home about getting the best out of lockdown. And one scripture that came to me, if you want to turn to it, uh, you can do so. It's Lamentations. Don't hear many sermons from here, do we? Lamentations chapter 3. And verses 22 to 23. Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And I want to just draw your attention to the every morning part of that verse. That God's mercies are new every single morning. And I want to open up with a question. Two questions. Firstly, are you born again? And because I know many of you watching, you say, yes, I'm born again. Okay, did you begin again when you got born again? Was there a, a complete change in life? Sadly, there's a warning in Scripture about this, about people who get born again but never really begin again. In fact, it's a gigantic warning in the classic illustration of the Hebrew people when they were not saved. It's a picture of not being saved. They were lost in Egypt and Moses comes and sets them free and they were going to be born again, if you like. They were going into salvation by crossing the Red Sea. But they were intended to begin again in the promised land. Now, we know how that all figured out, right? They did not begin again. They didn't. They wanted to be out from under Pharaoh and Satan, as it were, but they didn't want to be in and under God. And so there was the longest quarantine in history, 40 years in the wilderness. The word quarantine, by the way, means 40 in Latin. So there they were quarantined, locked, locked down <laughs> for 40 years because they, they wanted to be out but not in. They wanted to be born again, but they didn't want to begin again. And I, I just think of, of my life and I look back and I thank God my, my life in, went through a radical transformation. But I didn't see that and don't see that in, in many friends and many church members over the years. His mercies are new every single morning. God's mercy to you is new this morning. God's mercy to me is new this morning. And I want you to see this as a new day, a brand new day with new opportunities. I, I, I still have a property business. I've run it for many years. And one of my principles in buying a new house, for example, is generally sleep on it. If you've got a big decision to make, Generally, it's a good idea, unless it's a real tight bargain and there's a lot of competition or something, you have to make a fast decision. Okay, you can be prophetically led in those moments. But generally, when I'm, I'm purchasing something or I'm making a big decision, I like to take the thing to bed and sleep on it. I'll tell you why. Because in the, in, in the light of day, the next morning, I often find myself you know, changing my mind, thinking, what was I thinking about yesterday? After sleeping on it, 
you can think very differently. His mercies are new in the morning, right? Through that, just committing it to God, going to sleep and waking up early in the morning, many problems that seemed big yesterday don't seem quite so demonstrative today. Maybe if I lacked clarity or wisdom yesterday and I was confused about my decision, about what to do, the clarity and the wisdom can be there the next day. God's mercies are new every single morning. Let me draw your attention to the fact that God set your life, my life, this planet in fact, up with a, it's almost like a continual newness. We have the, the six day week and the, on the seventh day we're intended to rest, to have built in time for rest, for lockdown, right? <laughs> but God's entire system was cyclical. It was constantly being made new. It wasn't designed for stagnation. There's nothing stagnant in it. It was designed for a constant newness. That's just the clock. That's chronology. But then if you look at nature, everything within nature is also cyclical. You've got summer and winter and spring. This is a law. And through this, we get constant newness. So you see it in the way the, the earth is structured. We see it in, in plant life and animal life. But my challenge to myself and to you this morning is, have I entered into that newness? And am I continually enjoying that new mercy? This is not just an invitation to bask in the mercies of God every day. This is an invitation to a daily adventure. It's a daily invitation by God to your future, a future that should be exciting. Heavens above, we are sons of the Most High God, right? He, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Someone once said this, if, if you're preaching a sermon and the sermon is boring, that's one of the most unforgivable sins you could ever commit. I thought that was funny. In other words, there should be a lot of intentionality and excitement and expectation about our Christian lives. I believe his mercies are new every morning. His invitation is new every day. And we see that in the structure of the earth, the structure of animal life and plant life. And I hope we can see it in ours too. What about you and me then? I saw a statistic recently. Only 27% of people who qualify in college actually use the qualification that they achieved. 27% go on to use it. That's the vast majority you know, don't pursue what they're able to pursue. And I want to draw a comparison there with, with being saved. Being saved coming out of Egypt qualifies me to go into this promised land, to enter into these promises, to this newness. And I invite you to consider that this morning. Thank God we are surrounded by good examples of this point. Surrounded by people in the Bible who didn't only get born again, but they began again, they began their life again. We're surrounded by people in the world. Many lost people have become experts at beginning again by people in sport, by people in business, by people in their relationships. Even when things can go tragically wrong, many people, by the grace of God, are able to begin again. Let me start with the Bible, with a few examples of, of one individual, actually, Moses. Let's look at his life, and it's quite a, a, a shocking set of statistics. Moses had no less than seven 
complete new beginnings and each one of those new beginnings didn't have a lot of relevance with the, 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 his previous incarnation. Number one, his first way of life was he was born, he was greatly loved by his mother. But almost immediately, because of persecution, he has a new day, a new beginning. He's put in a, mask, uh, a basket and he's sent off floating down the Nile. So he's, go, he's gone from a loved son, suddenly he's a refugee, a new beginning. Then he gets plucked out of the Nile, now he becomes a prince, a brand new beginning. Very different from being a refugee. After being a prince, he kills the Egyptian, now he becomes a fugitive. So he's gone from being a loved son to a refugee, to a prince, to a fugitive, and then a shepherd, then he meets God in the burning bush, then he becomes a great deliverer, then he becomes the leader of the Hebrew people, and of course one of the greatest prophets of all time, bringing us the Ten Commandments. Look at all those new beginnings, look at all those new starts. I believe God was with Moses, of that we can be assured. And God is also with you and me. And I want to avail myself, I want to open my life up for God to use me, to advance me, to take me forward to whatever it is he has for me. Moses is one example. The Apostle Peter is another example, very good example. Peter has had at least five new beginnings in his life. He was a fisherman, and remember God plucked him out of that situation. He became a disciple of Christ, but then, tragically, he became a traitor to Christ, turned his back on Jesus, as we all know so well. But in that doorway, he recovered, he began again, and he was appointed chief apostle. So he was a fisherman, a disciple, a traitor, an apostle, and ultimately a martyr. Peter went through many versions of himself as God led him along. And I want to challenge you and encourage you. Believe that God has a future. Believe that God has a, a, another version of your life. And through this lockdown, a bit like Moses, 40 years in Midian, through this lockdown, let God maybe open up your faith to perceive and to obey him and walk into the next version of your life, whatever that may be. Just this morning I was thinking of various individuals in the Bible who also had to have a new beginning in different things, different perspectives. For example, Gideon. Gideon had a very low self-esteem. He didn't think highly of himself. He thought he was nothing. I'm the least in my family. My tribe is the least in Israel and all that kind of thing. And he needed a new beginning for his self-perception. I think of David. David, if you remember, was cast out, rejected by his family. But David needed a new beginning to find his, his hope in God, his identity in God. So it's not just maybe for ministry new beginnings or for life, but also for my identity. If you remember Jesus, the, the sky opened up. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That gave Jesus a, a great security, if you like, within himself and his own self-identity. So whatever you're lacking this morning, seek God in this lockdown to speak to you as he did to Gideon, to speak to you even as the Father spoke to Jesus the Son, to speak to you as he did to Moses in the burning bush and guide him into the next version of himself. Many, many biblical characters and also characters in the world who had amazing beginnings. My, my favorite, I could list many, many people who began again, but one of my favorites is actually the author, 
Geoffrey Archer. I think his story is one of, is historically is one of the most amazing in history. Geoffrey Archer was a conservative politician and lord here in London, but through some bad investments and bad decisions, he ended up being driven out of the Houses of Parliament and he got a pretty bad name for himself at one point. He ended up penniless, bankrupt and friendless. And you know what is he going to do for his future? He can't go back and in his you know, quiet time, in his sad time, as he, as, as he searched within himself, he picked up a pen and paper, and for the first time in his life, he began to write stories. Just to write stories. He discovered in that lockdown of being friendless and penniless and bankrupt, he discovered in the pressure of that situation, new skills that he didn't even know he had. And he started to write books. And all of his friends were actually amazed. They couldn't believe he could do such a thing. He has written many books. In fact, he has sold today over 350 million books and his net worth is estimated to be over 200 million pounds. Not bad from a penniless bankrupt. For someone who just took a moment in silence, just alone, to find out what can I become? What would you know my future have? I don't believe he's a Christian actually. That the Bible says sometimes the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. But I pray we, we can still learn from that example. You and I can still be inspired by that example, even more so because God is on our side. I want to finish with these three questions. Who are you? What have you been called to do by God? And where have you been called to do it? Who are you? David had to get his identity when all his family were knocking him down. He had to stand up on his own two feet knowing that God was with him. Gideon had to change his perception of himself to know that he was a mighty warrior. He couldn't believe that. But he grabbed it. He perceived it. He exercised it. And then he believed it. Gideon had to have a new beginning for his self-perception. Who are you? Who has God created you to be? That's my first question. And I want to send you back into this coming week. I want to send you back into your lockdown to seek the Lord for your identity. Question number one for this week I want you to ponder. Who are you? Secondly, what has God called you to do? You know, the Christians who get themselves in trouble are the ones who... They don't know what they're called to do. And they start dabbling and messing around in everybody else's ministry and everybody else's business. It's no good. It's a telltale sign that a believer has not got that second point. They don't know what they're called to do. Because once a man or woman finds their calling, that just becomes their focus. And they haven't got time for anything else. Who are you? What are you called to do? And thirdly, where are you called to do it? Where is the location? for you to operate in your gifting. Remember, your gifting is what I do, what God gives me to do, and my calling is where I do it. My dear friend, Ray Belfield, who's dead now, was my overseer for many years, but his, his relentless cry in the churches whenever he preached was this, if I could only get the people to actually find the right location, many other things would sort themselves out. He felt that many people were in the wrong city, in the wrong career, in the wrong place, and he constantly said, if you can just get the, the geography right, get the location right, you're going to find connections and doors are going to open when you're in the right place. I'm done for this morning. 
Who are you? What are you called to do? And where are you called to do it? And I want you to take this week, join with us, and seek God on these three points. In this lockdown, I pray that he answers these three questions. And whatever will come out of this, even though it's a strange situation, I pray that God will bless your future. Pastor Marys, would you come and pray for us on these three points? Thank you for joining us. We love you. God bless you. Thank you, Marys. Muchas gracias, Señor, por este tiempo tan maravilloso en el que nos permite recibir tu palabra, bendito Dios. Gracias, Señor, porque hoy nos movemos, Señor, a una nueva dimensión de fe, Señor. Hoy nos movemos, Señor, bajo tu dirección, bajo tu instrucción, Señor, sabiendo, Padre, que vamos a un nuevo comienzo, Señor. Lo has venido prometiendo desde el año pasado, Señor, y esta es la oportunidad que nosotros tenemos para movernos, Señor, a esa nueva estación que has preparado para cada uno de nosotros y para nuestras familias, Señor. Las familias que nosotros representamos, Señor. Las naciones que nosotros representamos, Thank Señor. En esta hora te oramos, Señor, por América, por Asia, por África, por Australia y por Europa. Te pedimos, Señor, que tu presencia fluya en cada nación. Que tus hijos se levanten a hacer lo que tú les has mandado hacer. Y que se cumpla tu propósito, Señor, tu voluntad buena, agradable y perfecta en todas nuestras vidas y en todas las naciones. Amén y amén. Amén y amén. Praise the Lord. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye.